Welcome to the Alchemy Archetypes and Ascension podcast. I'm your host, Jess Beard. I believe we can change the world if we all concentrate on ascending into the greatest versions of ourselves in this lifetime. All episodes and interviews are to inspire and educate us to transform. I want to explore spirituality, 5D and quantum shifting, health, mindset, business and more. If you need to transform any error in your life, then I want to be talking about it. Hello and welcome to today's episode where I'm going to be talking about shadow work and really defining that word. So it came up as a question when somebody was watching a live that I did about, and I talked about going into the underworld and I referenced shadow work and I kind of, you know, made the assumption that most people would be aware of what this word is. And I thought, nope, I'm going to pop on and I'm going to do a quick um, video to really describe it. So shadow work is what we do as we are healing ourselves of all of our traumas and our past and our programs and stuff that we've inherited from our parents and stuff from past life. And it actually refers to our shadow self. So when I talk about archetypes, you will often hear me talking about the light or the shadow aspects. So say for the mother archetype, a mother who is in its light aspects so and a mother archetype, a mother who is a good mother, is protective, teaches her child what right and wrong, loves her child, has compassion, wants to give that child lots of love. But also being fiercely protective, you know, you've got to understand that the, the mother archetype is also fiercely protective when it's in its light aspects. But then a mother who is in shadow withholds affection, doesn't protect her child, doesn't care about her child. That's what we're referring to as our light and shadow aspects. So that's the same with us. We have our light and our shadow aspects and we know when we've gone in to do a shadow work, which is we've identified a, a program, a thought pattern, um, a trauma, something that needs healing. And it can be something big like childhood issues or it could be even like smaller stuff like facing the fact of bullying or it can be uh, abuse. It can be the journey that you take to track back. How did I become like this? When did this start? And it's actually a journey into your psyche. And we can do this when I'm teaching my clients to work with their archetypes is to see what's in their light and what is in their shadow aspects. And you can do it in the moment with specific things. And then there's times when you make a soul contract with your higher self to go for a journey into your underworld. So what do I mean by that? So the underworld is the deepest part of your psyche. It is that journey to what is wrong. It feels awful when you're going on a proper journey into your underworld because you don't particularly want to go into the depths of your 
psyche because it's always uncomfortable and we have been taught from birth to avoid things that make us suffer, avoid things that we don't like. We've also become increasingly, and this is why it's so vital, is as a society, instant gratification has become a huge thing. We expect to be able to pick up our phone and get an instant answer to our problems, message a friend, uh, Google what's wrong with me, Google what is shadow work, and maybe you even find this uh, video. But what happens is we expect that things are kind of easy. There's so much support out there. But when you're doing your own shadow work, you kind of go so internal that you even forget to pray at times or all you think you can do is pray. Nothing seems to be happening and it's you just feel so deeply uncomfortable and you don't want to be there. But I really want people to start flipping the script on shadow work. And there is many people who have started their journey of ascension and I did a video about the spiritual journey of ascension and what it's doing with our energy and chakra system. If you're on your spiritual journey, healing yourself bit by bit, layer by layer, you are doing your shadow work. You are going in and you're facing your demons. You're looking at the parts of yourself which you don't like anymore and you're willing and able to do the work to stop that thing. And some things are easier than others. I was raised in a religion. I'm going to tell you a little story. I was raised in a religion. I'm not going to name any names. On, on the scale of things, it was smaller than a lot of the others. And it was very strict. And even as a child, it didn't resonate. And I knew something was not particularly right. I didn't like how people in the church treated my dad. So there was a part of me that, because I was protective about how they treated my dad, made me realize, hey, you can't all be good people if, if you're treating my dad like that, you know? And I was conditioned to fear, the, fear their wrath, even though there was no physicality or any kind of abuse like that. But there was kind of this energy of don't you dare disappoint me. So I, I was raised to kind of, for lack of a, a nice word god was a very grumpy not so nice man who lived in the sky i was a child by the way but you know what i mean like there was no oneness in my teachings there was no understanding of the greater aspect and i wasn't really changed like raised with believing that there was a lot of compassion in the bible and even with jesus it was, I kind of was raised that he, he himself is wrathful. And they might not have fully wanted you to get that, but that's what I took away from it. And even now when I talk to different people that's in that church, they will emphasise the, the wrath and the judgement that will come and they won't emphasise the compassion. And, I mean, that's in the essence of what Jesus' teachings is about. There's incredible gems in there, but he always had compassion and empathy and love for his fellow man. And he always taught us 
that is a living avatar. He taught us that we can be just like him. We are all sons and daughters of God. We get so caught up on his teachings and what's right and wrong according to a book, the Bible, that we actually don't stop and go, what would Jesus do in this moment? And use him as a barometer for what's light and what's shadow, for what's good and what's bad. Because I can tell you all now, anyone that watches this video, if you're in a moment of indecision with should I do something good or should I do something bad, I'm in a moment of hate, I'm in a moment of rage, I'm in a moment of frustration and I want to say something. If you pause and you say to yourself, what would Jesus do in this moment? And you immediately know the answer. That is the template and the blueprint he left behind. You can immediately tap into that energetical blueprint that is Jesus Christ and know what is light and what is shadow. You try it and come back and, and let me know. Because we are human beings. We are going to get furious. We are going to be hurt. We are going to be outraged. We, that, you know, that's part of being alive. But the part that you're on your spiritual journey with and your spiritual ascension is how do you respond instead of react? How do you treat others, treat yourself? If we're stuck in our shadow, they are the lower frequencies. And just like the video I did on Monday where I'm talking about your root chakra, your sacral and your solar plexus and how they're tied in with your fears of safety, your lack of creative creativity and your disempowerment, you get stuck into the lower vibrational thought forms, your inner critic, your imposter syndrome, your lack of self-worth, not owning your power, not owning your abilities. Now, here's the thing. Ten years ago, if you'd have told me that I could manifest the things that I do into my life, have the synchronicities that I have in my life, have the incredible freaking joy and magical experiences, I wouldn't have been able to grasp it. They talk about 3D, 4D, 5D and beyond. You... You just can't grasp it. But my life is so trippy that it's hard to put into words the level of synchronicities and just hysterical things that happen. And I was having a joke the other day about how people who take drugs to connect with the psychedelic aspects of their self, they don't need to be taking any drugs and wasting their money. They just need to do their shadow work and heal. Because if you can get to that level where you're not trapped in your hell and you're actually up in your heaven, you're in your throat, third eye, crown and beyond, you're not trapped in your shadow. So that means you're actually embodying your light aspects. And weird stuff happens. It's pure magic. You have a personal connection with your higher self. You have a personal connection with God. I have the most intimately beautiful connection with God. And I will talk to him and her and I will get an answer so freaking quick. And it doesn't have to be traditional. It doesn't have to be a ton of suffering. And you feel pure connection. There's no way you're ever alone. And you have pockets where you're in that extreme ecstasy of connection with source. 
And then other times you will drop down and you'll just be in your higher aspects and then you have lessons that come out of nowhere and you're off to do some shadow work. But I really want people who watch this video to understand and embrace the shadow work. Don't glorify it. Oh, I am doing my shadow work and um, it's so good and I'm not afraid to do it and, and make it all like this glorifying thing and, and talking about it and obsessing about it and how cool are you to do your shadow work. No, I'm talking about embracing it because you know in the moment that it has come to you. This lesson has come to you. You're feeling shitty. There is a lesson that your soul is wanting you to learn. There is a program, trauma, that's wanting to be released. And be so freaking excited because if you can release that and unentangle that from your energy field, you don't have to carry it anymore. And there is more energy in you for the good things, for the exciting things, for the trippy, weird, magical things. I've talked in the past with a couple of different analogies. One of them is Caroline Mace's $100 a day. You know, imagine that the universe or your higher self gives you $100 a day of energy. Worrying about the past, stresses, anxieties, this has happened, trauma, all these things. And you're giving $1, $10, $5, $0.50, $0.20 to your past, to the to energies, to things that are outside of yourself that no longer serve you. And you can't spend your money in present, the now, and you can't spend your money for anything you want to manifest in the future. So back to my story, because I, I went on a bit of a tangent, I'm known to do that, about being raised in the religion that I was. When I become aware that I had all of these fears and doubts and hooks about religion, and I knew that I had a re religion wound, and that I couldn't fully embrace my connection or even love Jesus and respect him or have that connection because I had all this entanglement with the church. So I, I deliberately, once I became aware of it, would do things which I considered absolutely sacrilegious and scandalous to push and poke at this wound inside of me because I knew that I had to let it go. So I would open myself up to doing more spiritual stuff. I joined a goddess group. I'd never really worked with any of the goddesses because God is a grumpy old man in the sky, remember? I had this bit by bit over 12 months of just embracing spirituality on a whole different level. I read books that I never would have read because in my religion there was only one book, that was the Bible everything else was wrong and even saying that is ridiculous because if God loves us why would he only give us one book you know that's ridiculous even saying that out loud I had to do a lot of healing around it so the first 12 months was really pushing myself but there was still this final little hook and it took me 18 months to fully heal this and when you have a really big program a wounding, a trauma, or, you know, a really big hook in your life. You can't expect your shadow work to always go like that. As you ascend through your um, spiritual journey, yes, 
it will get so freaking fast. And I also think what's happening now with the level that our planet is in, it's also shifting and it's happening so much quicker than what I was doing 10 years ago. But I warn you that if you have a big issue, then it takes time. And remember, our impatient selves who want everything with instant gratification, I just want to Google the um, remedy. Can I take a pill and, and get rid of my religious problems? No, it doesn't work like that. That's not what shadow work is. So I just had this one remaining hook. Every time I said the word goddess, a little part of the back of my brain would flinch because you shall not love or covet any other god but me. Even though I knew that every single goddess is an aspect of God anyway, and God is everything. God is masculine and feminine. And I sit here now and like I could give you a whole video on how God is energy with the plus and the minus and the masculine and the feminine and the um, the whole lot of it. And I was learning that and I knew it, but I had this hook and I would flinch at the word goddess. I said this um, prayer, I'm like, please, I, I know something, I, I, I just, I want to stop this. I, I, I know that all these teachings that, that I've been learning and these new beliefs is the part of my future, but I'm stuck. And I woke up and I get the most random thought ever. And I know that this is my, my guides. To start off with, I hadn't thought of the creator of the church that we had in years, but his name was fresh in my head. And I'm like, Google him. And I did. And here's this Wikipedia page and I read it. I didn't particularly like the things that I read. I'm always, like, I'm a trained journalist, so I always take information and I don't, just because I read it once, it doesn't become gold to me. I have to validate facts because that's, it's just the way I've been trained and I also think it's common sense. I was reading it and I'm like, oh, this is all depressing and everything, but then in the bottom of the Wikipedia page was these footnotes you clicked on them and you could go to the site of where the references are and it took me to their divorce papers. This is a legal document that you can't fake. And it was their divorce papers and what the wife was asking for and she was asking for the Rolls Royces and she wanted the gold cutlery, the gold plates and the gold caps and the gold knives and forks and she wanted the mansion in Italy or wherever and all these things. And I was so outraged. I had sacred rage because this church demands a tithing. And my, my family, when they had nothing, had tithed to this church. And I want to swear, but I'll just call him a despicable human being, had used all of the, the hardworking people who they taught to fear God and fear his wrath and that he is not compassionate, that he's a bad man, this guy. Gross generalisation there, but you know what I mean. I was just furious. And with that sacred rage, it burned away those hooks in my brain. And I just went, you know what? I think this gentleman, after I got over my fury, I'm very good at going into thinking about the, what they must have been like or what, what happened and, and trying to analyse it. 
I thought to myself, no, when he started off, he was a very good man. He did a lot of good things early on in his life. And I'm just going to hold this man up now as a perfect example of how power can corrupt and greed can get into anybody's soul. And I'm just going to be vigilant and I'm going to unprogram everything that he ever said to me, every teaching, and I'm just going to take what I feel deep in my heart and soul. Now, that was an 18-month shadow journey that I went on. I can tell you right now I don't flinch when I say the word goddess, when I talk about Durga or Isis or Mother Mary or Jesus. They are all archetypal teachings. They're archetypal with what they teach us. And I believe that Jesus himself was an avatar. He brought through an blueprint for the entire planet. If we want to call upon him, you don't just go, oh, help me, Jesus. You hold yourself to his standards and you go, what would Jesus do? And you get the clearest download. That's what his gift is to us. You just think, well, what would he do? And you know what the template is and what the blueprint is. And it's always going to be in the light aspects I have never once had myself or anyone ever do this and Jesus goes well you can totally wreck that person's life Jesus doesn't say to you go and lie and steal take that person's belongings that's fine he gives you an internal moral compass of what is the light aspect and not the shadow so shadow work can be done in the moment And it can be when you're unprogramming and healing things that have caused you massive trauma or things that have been taught to you as a child which do not resonate with you now. And I don't want you to be afraid of them. If you get interested in working with the archetypes with me or you listen to me talking about the archetypes, there is the light and the shadow aspects. And all you have to do is try and your absolute hardest to be in the light aspects of the archetype and observe the shadow aspects when you see them coming up. You'd be like, oh, hang on. I just got massively triggered. Here's a perfect example of it. The judge archetype. The judge in its light aspects is incredibly vital You use the judge archetype on a daily basis. You judge whether something's safe. Is this person safe? Is this situation? Am I safe? Is this a good decision? You cannot have discernment without the judge archetype because that's what it does. But if you go into shadow judge, oh, my God, look at what she's wearing. Oh, can't that woman just stop her child screaming? She is ruining my shopping trip. I deserve to get bread without getting a headache. You don't stop to empathize with that person. You have no idea. Her mum could have just died and she just can't handle a child. The child might be just having an absolute legitimate meltdown and there's nothing, not even Saint Teresa, who could help that child because it's a child. It has meltdowns about things. That's how it expresses itself because it doesn't have a vocabulary to do it at the moment but we're going to judge the child and the mother because they're ruining our shopping experience shadow judge and you've got to understand that when you drop down into shadow judge and we all go into shadow judge every single one of us but the level that you can get back quickly into 
non-judgment is an indication of how much shadow work that you've done and how much work upon yourself and how far along you are in your ascension journey and your spiritual journey. Because judgment is the most, the shadow judgment, is the most useless thing on the planet. You see a mother with its child screaming and you're like, I'm not in the position to go and ask for help. I'm too fragile, but I can send you a prayer. I can wish you well. I can, I can send you some love and compassion because your life's having a bad day. Now that, you can feel the frequency of that. If, you, if you're not in a space where you can go up and give them a kind word, you can still send them a kind thought instead of sending them a psychic dart. So I love the judge archetype as a, as a teaching tool with my, my students because it's so clear, the frequency change. And I know what it's like to be judged. I, I recently had some experiences where I was just judged for core aspects of myself. I couldn't help myself. I couldn't change. I was in the moment. I was still able to alchemize, but it was still not pleasant to have these projections and these psychic darts sent towards me because I wasn't good enough in that moment for that person. And it it's an energetical, ugh. So imagine what that feels like for that mum. She's going to be in that Coles or Woolworths or that shopping centre and she's going to be feeling everybody's frustration. You know, I, I was observing on a plane when I went over to Peru and Bolivia and there was this mother and she travelled to Canada with three young children, a young boy about four or five, a girl about seven, another one about ten. And the boy was a little bit naughty, but in the grand scheme of things, I thought this woman was freaking amazing. Like, I'm talking hero level amazing to be able to get them all without too much problems. And I was in awe of her, but I watched her constantly making, like looking at everyone because she was feeling judged. And there was probably other people who were a little bit more irritated than me because they were stuck in themselves. But I thought she was incredible. But she was feeling other people's judgment. When we have things that we have, and, and you can say to yourself, do I have a lot of judgment issues? Am I a judgy person? Am I a bitchy person? Am I a sad person? Am I always worrying about what people think of me? Am I fearing abandonment and rejection? Have I got imposter syndrome? If you know that you have an issue that you want to work on, there is something that's holding you back from what you want to do, then you poke at it. You don't sit there with it comfortable in your life as a problem. You poke at it and get reactions. You do things that are going to make you uncomfortable. Just like I went and I deliberately joined goddess groups or I read books that were like outrageously sacrilegious. You keep working at it. You don't accept it as a problem. Oh, I'm never going to be able to heal that. And one day you poke it enough that it disappears. You, you actually unravel it completely. Or if you need help with it, then you find someone that can help you. You can go to healers. You can train in breath work. I'm fabulous with archetypes and alchemy and helping people unravel things. You find somebody who you know instinctively can help you with the issue. I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on myself 
and it's worth every freaking cent bit by bit healing by healing program by program modality by modality coach by coach i think it's absolutely ridiculous that we will invest in food and all these other different things but we won't invest in our own soul we won't invest in things like i know i've got this issue and i'm just gonna let it sit there and ignore it and pretend i've got this issue for the rest of my life and when i'm on my deathbed i'm gonna have all these regrets or am i going to work upon it and that is why shadow work is vital don't have any regrets don't let anything hold you back We've been programmed for, with society and with our parents and our grandparents and our great-grandparents' issues, but they're not ours. And there is more people awakening to having a purpose. And we get tied up in the money conversation and that's only one small part of it. It's huge because it activates all these 3D issues with people. But money has little to do with your calling, with your purpose with owning your power and when you own your power and you start working towards your purpose the money story starts to unravel anyway because your money and what you can do your manifestation how much you're going to charge it's tied up within your confidence anyway so if you're not loving yourself, you're not confident in yourself, then you're not going to be charging the money that you're worth or you're not even going to believe that you can charge money. So it's not about the money, it's about the confidence. It's about healing yourself. It's about doing the shadow work. So I hope you've enjoyed this entire episode, this conversation, and you understand not only what shadow work is, but why it is absolutely vital. I've put a link in the description to a blog post that I did called Embracing the Void, which is slightly different but very much tied in with shadow work. And I just thought you guys might enjoy having a read of it. 